0: Seven already? Can you believe it? So, <clears throat> oh, just clear the throat. Hang on. Uh, welcome everyone. Uh, it's episode seven already of Tokyo Jazz Joints podcast. Welcome back. Um, great to have you with us. We're nearly up at the 5,000 listener mark um, since we began the podcast, which is absolutely, I would say, exceeded our expectations. So that's fantastic. I'm in Dublin. James is in Yokohama. I've been out this morning photographing some other projects and just getting a general feel for how weird things are in Dublin. And uh, just getting my head back into Japan, back into the jazz joints. James, what is the state of play in Yokohama?
1: Absolutely dreadfully boring, uh, but doing my best to stay busy. <laughs> Music projects like this one, a little bit of regular money work, um, and I've been keeping an eye out on all the usual social media channels um, because, like we talked about, a uh, little bit worried about some of these beautiful jazz joints that uh, we have been discussing. You know, um, pretty much everybody's closed at the moment. Um I've not heard of any shops that have closed for good, but uh you know they're in a pretty precarious situations. So let's keep our fingers crossed though that none of them disappear uh, during the life of this podcast. Hopefully not. So what are we talking about today then? Well, today we're gonna flip things around. I'm gonna be your very ganky host. We're gonna oh, do yes. a dive into what it is like to actually take these photographs in places that are challenging for a number of different reasons. Um, I think that we kind of figured that even on the first night that we went out, where we were sort of still sort of testing what it would be like to do this project. You Remember when we went to Pithecanthropus erectus, which we spoke about in, at length on episode one, um but what a strange sort of room that was. It was square dusty with rather odd lighting a bit narrow and i remember you taking some pictures um of the bathroom as well which was interesting what was your impression that first night um as you approached it this is going to be hard
0: i think that was probably the first thought i mean it's not the easiest thing taking the photographs um I'm by no means a technical wizard. Uh, I think you can see that from the photographs. But, um, you know, I, I think it, it's really tough because the the biggest pressure probably from a photography point of view is trying to do the places justice. Um, and, you know, they are so special and you kind of want to almost give people that 360 degrees sort of virtual experience of it, which, you know, you can't do with a with a regular um camera so I think that's the first challenge definitely um you mentioned that it's funny you mentioned the bathrooms actually because one of the photographs which we still use and certainly used for a long time on social media and uh you know some business cards and things that we had printed up too was the the famous quote that was uh, attributed to Thelonious Monk which was freedom and jazz go hand in hand and I I always remember that because it was scrawled in uh, in a black sharpie pen on the back of the bathroom door and and I remember photographing that just with my phone because what with a lot of these places the bathroom tends to be if you've ever been in a japanese bathroom they tend to be you know, you need to be sort of a contortionist to get in and out of a lot of them because they're so small and so narrow. I mean, uh, think, of,
1: think of an airplane, uh, an airplane bathroom. Exactly. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the kind of space we're talking about. But I, that's so funny because I I remember the that Thelonious Monk quote and and even the graffiti is super cool in these chess bars. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like somebody took their time to actually write that in there.
0: I mean, I always wonder what they what they think, you know, because there's times I've definitely wandered into the the toilet with with my full camera. Over my shoulder, and it must look quite odd. And I think a lot of that is kind of that amusement that we talked about before of the owners of like why would you want to photograph a a bathroom, and B you know some <laughs> you know skanky old posters and and scribble graffiti on the walls. But of course, we've seen in some of the bathrooms, you know, some of the graffiti on the walls is signatures by um, by famous jazz musicians. I mean, I don't know if you remember that place in Sapporo where he had the old the the bop. Slash Duke, uh, where he had kept the bathroom door from the original yes, joint that had burned yes, down was, because it had some oh, signatures on the door. In, do you remember? In,
1: incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, actually, there's a there's a whole other um, sub page of Tokyo jazz joints that could just be your phone pictures from the bathrooms, because so many of them do have unique sort of, you know, decor or just, you know, like you said, signatures of musicians, random uh, customers, um, a lot of memorabilia that's not necessarily jazz related. I think, I can't remember the place where the, he had the really big poster of Steve McQueen um, for whatever reason. But yeah, um, I can't either. Yeah. But it's funny. I don't know
0: if it's, it's, it's going to more of these places over time. Or whether it's just a sign of the times, but I feel like a lot of those really unique bathrooms, you know, um, are usually the first to go. in you know, if places decide to kind of try and upgrade a little bit or um, do some renovations, it usually it usually oh, starts yeah. with a bathroom. Yeah, so you'll uh, go into often quite grotty places, but then the bathroom looks just like a, you know, regular Toilet in a in a Japanese when apartment. We,
1: uh, when we speak about Garrow, I will be going uh, on at length about the bathroom there. But um, there's, there's maybe an ep- <laughs> there's
0: maybe an episode there in itself, just just yeah. bathrooms. Let's yeah. um,
1: let's go to a place though that uh, well, the bathroom's not even inside the bar because it would be impossible. It's around the corner. Um, do you remember? <laughs> The night we went to a a little town, uh, they call them towns here in Tokyo because there's so many stations. Uh, It's only one stop away from Shinagawa, which is a big bullet train, Shinkansen Shinkansen station. Um, It's a little old station called Oimachi, which has the kind of old drinking alleyways we mentioned that uh, Shinjuku is famous for. Uh, In Oimachi, this is not a place where tourists go. This is one of the few old drinking dens that still exists, not been torn down or burnt down over the years. And um, way, way down at the back of a second alleyway, um, a little bit farther from the station, is a place called Impro. Mm. Uh, now, if you, you, episode seven, I would hope all of our listeners right now have got the drill that you should be looking at the pictures as we talk about them. So, yeah, yeah, good if idea. You, if you head over to Tokyo Jazz Joints and look up Impro in Tokyo, you will see immediately what we're talking about. This place has, well, Philip, I'll let you take it away. What is, what, what is the connection between Impro and Guinness? a Guinness.
0: Oh, now you throw me. So you can remember that story earlier about um about the Guinness. Oh, Guinness. Oh, now I've got it. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking of a pint of Guinness. Yes. Well, okay. Actually, it's all coming back to me. A
1: Guinness there, but yeah. Like I said okay.
0: previously, they're just getting my head back into into Japan and jazz joints. Yeah. Well, actually, I remember distinctly Impro um because we did a lot of loitering if I remember. And you know, you can see it on the photograph, but this place is like it is tiny. I mean, it's it's like a door and maybe, like, uh, you know, an extended bathroom at best. And from the outside, it's all sort of brown wood, and there's just a very subtle kind of carved sign, that, that uh, a couple of carved signs that say Impro and Wood. And there was regular um, a couple of regular houses or apartments next to it, then in a couple of bars sort of up on uh, the second floor on that same little alleyway. And I remember standing around for quite a long time because, again, as we've said before, no opening hours, definitely no website. Lucky if you get a phone number in some of these places. And this was one of those examples because we had no idea, you know, is it open, is it going to ever
1: open, or is it open today? And not um, an easy place to find because it's not only di- down one of these narrow drinking alleyways, it's a sub-alleyway off of that. So I think we walked by two or three times before figuring out where it yeah,
0: was. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we, eventually we did happily get in, and, and again, one of those uh, sort of stories that we can probably go to in more detail when we get to the the episode about the owners. But this guy, you know, is a regular salary man, works in a company, uh, probably boring job, sits in a cubicle most of the day, takes a lot of crap from his boss. Um, And, you know, on certain evenings, he comes down there and he opens this jazz bar. And, I mean, to photograph the place was challenging, to say the least. And so, you know, in terms of all the places that we go, you know, I have a kind of approach... Uh, photographically which I suppose is is to be as unobtrusive as possible. So you know we've mentioned before that we go in as customers and fans, we we sit down, we engage the owners in conversation, we have a drink, have some snacks and then generally we ask permission to to photograph but you know beyond that what you see in the photographs is really what you would find if you go in these places. There's one or two exceptions which we'll talk about in a bit but you know, I, I don't use flash um, because obviously it would wash out the, the atmosphere of these places. I don't use a tripod, you know, because again, it's quite intrusive. And, you know, we very rarely, and except if we're traveling long distances, call ahead because we're concerned that maybe, you know, it'll be tidied up or it'll not necessarily look the way it normally looks, or in some yeah, cases, cer- you know. Certainly,
1: I think for, for almost every place in the Tokyo area, we we never contacted. Yeah. We just yeah. showed up. I think that was a big part of it, though. We We didn't want... Um, as you've mentioned, and I think we've talked about in other episodes as well, you know the owners—they—they um, they could be a little surprised to you know, two random foreign guys coming in, asking questions, taking pictures, speaking Japanese. It's a, it takes a little bit of you know schmoozing, and I think if you call ahead, that may cause them to be a little bit more worried, wondering, "Oh, is this—is this, is this going to be something they're going to try to sell?" I mean, it's just not very clear. So the whole point is to see the places and capture them as they are uh, yeah. to the best of, best of our abilities. Yeah.
0: And I mean, uh, my memory of Impro is that it was just incredibly dark, I mean, and also uh, very, very small. So it's hard, but, you know, ironically, it's so small, it's quite hard in a photograph to give an idea of the scale of the place, because in actual fact, probably in the photographs, it looks more roomy maybe than it actually was. But I just remember, you know, like I said, it's all handheld. So for the photographers listening, you know, you really have to, to... really go very high with that ISO and and you've got to really do what you can to get those images, uh, you know, reasonably sharp but doing them them handheld on a very slow shutter speed and you can see that particularly from Impro you know because the, the photographs are so grainy um, and you know there's nothing wrong with that but you know sometimes the, the lack of perfection there probably annoys me a little bit but I, I think you know just to have got that place at all because you know for all we know it mightn't have even been open and we, we got lucky that night but we got chatting to the owner who again you know was, was sort of interested in the project but he was, he was not keen because of the job that I've mentioned already to be photographed himself but he did tell us a story which was the connection with Guinness that you mentioned before he had amazingly you know and and this is how easily these stories sometimes trip off the owner's tongues he'd been in contact with the Guinness Book of Records to get this place um, registered as the smallest jazz bar in the world And he'd gone to the stage of, you know, letters going back and forth and trying to organise them to come and check out the place. And then, amazingly, he just gave up because, in his words, you know, he wasn't really able to speak English much and it got a bit difficult. And, you know, rather than sort of um, finding someone who could help him or doing some translation or whatever it might be, he just kind of... uh, he gave it up. And I think it to me, that's really symptomatic of of two things. one, the the general humility that you find in in Japan about these places. and and secondly, just you know the reason for doing them. It's not about a claim. It's not about publicity. It's just, as corny and cliche as it might sound like a lot of the owners are just running these places for the pure love of it for the passion well, that, that they that have for so, the music
1: that is so true and and i mean like it ties in what you just said there you know this guy is a, a working guy daily salary man life so it's not easy to put in those kind of hours um, mm. come down run the bar until about midnight 12:30 uh three four nights a week he's not open every day of the week um, but, yeah, you can you can feel when you talk. I remember when talking with him, though, it's, you know, he was implying in, in very subtle ways how he wished he could just run the bar full time, you know. But um, it's just not financially feasible, especially if he's coming, you know, we don't know his own personal situation. But you would imagine the pay cut he would take from a, a company job to running this tiny bar that really can only fit, I would say, six customers at a time, about four at the counter, and then remember, there was a tiny little corner space with a table, which we yeah. happened to be able to sit at. That's um, right. And wh- back to what you were discussing about the just the actual act of taking the pictures as well um you forgot to mention that you know half the time we've got to climb over people you know you've got to be able to take angles where you can you can navigate and fit yourself but also you know we're not really ever supposed to take pictures of the customers now we broke broken that rule a few times i know you have on some of the great ones but but generally you know if there are customers in the bar um, the owners will be like, Yeah, go ahead and take take whatever you want, but don't put anybody's face in there. That's sort of the that's sort of the, the yeah. Japanese custom or, you know, manner. Um, so a lot of times you're limited in, in whatever sort of spot you can get to. And I, I I think in Impro as well, there were there were two guys near the front of the bar. It's probably why you weren't able to get an entire long view of it.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, to anyone who's traveled with me, I'm thinking of my friend Tom in particular, you know, they'll be used to sort of walking along the street and then turning around to speak to me and discover that I'm gone. Um, And, you know, to be found sort of crouching in some corner or hidden in some doorway trying to (laughs) photograph something. and, And, you know, the jazz bar is exactly the same. Like, you know, there's a lot of, and crouching down and like getting yourself backed into a corner as tightly as you can, just to try and get a little bit more of an angle or a bit more of a range on the on the. Even though I'm using a sort of a wider lens, just to try and give it a, a sense of the scale and a sense of the ambience. Just looking at the at the photographs before we move on, you know, for impro, I noticed that one of them was the the. Uh, the original sleeve of Pithecanthropus Erectus which of course if you're listening to podcasts now regularly you'll know that is the first place that we we uh, shot any of these jazz bars uh, at the very beginning of the project and obviously the Charles Mingus album as well uh, and you know I, I just thought it was a nice little callback I think comedians call it where you know we, we found this record sleeve in a, in a different bar you know 50 or 60 joints down the line, so it was a nice one to be able to capture I think, well. think
1: that would be known as a Tokyo Jazz joints deep cut, uh, it, but uh, there you, you go. can save the podcast jargon for- Spin-off, for the, spin-off series. Uh, yeah. day, anyway. yes. Um, going from Impro to another place that had a, a similar, but a very, well, a very different atmosphere, but similar challenge, um, the incredible Prez, oh, P-R-E-S. Yeah. P-R-E-S. Mm. Now, Prez in Shibuya is a, is a very, very uh, unique spot for a number of reasons, one, because of where it's located. Uh, People who visited Japan, uh, visited Tokyo before, will be very familiar with the Shibuya neighborhood, um, which today is not known as a very jazzy place. The jazz kisaten that used to be all around the station, pretty much all gone. But Prez is located in the basement of what is called Center Road, Center Gai, in Tokyo, in Shibuya, um, which is pretty much teenage central. So Hmm. um, not a neighborhood that Philip nor I would ever be Hanging out in generally. Ah, oh, just speak um, for yourself, James. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Some of us are tried. older than others. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, amazingly enough, though, we found Prez. I, actually, I think I had been there uh, before. I I had been there a couple years previously, and I really liked it. But you know, hadn't really been back. It's a little bit. of bit of expensive little cocktail bar sort of atmosphere mm. and I don't think I actually appreciated how beautiful it was until we did go back because we went and we had time to sit and talk with them. We went early. Um it was just more of a relaxed atmosphere and I had time to look at the incredible murals that surround yeah. This this sort of U-shaped bar. Uh, And if you're looking at the pictures now, you can see um, the second one is, of course, a a gigantic uh, black-and-white mural of Lester Young, known as Mm. Prez, that was his nickname. Um, So what do you remember about trying to get pictures in this place? I think this was the single darkest bar that we visited, no?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, in in some ways, like you say, very similar to Impro, just absolute, like literally photographing in darkness with no flash. And I remember... Sort of, you know, really pushing the camera and and sort of securing it on the bar with my hands and, and my body to try and get um, the murals from a distance without any shake. Um, but in in some ways, the complete antithesis of impro as well because it was actually huge, quite a large place. It, it, to me, it's a it would be a classic sort of like if you wanted to film. Uh, a scene in a jazz bar would be like the ideal location if any location managers are listening, but like, you know, it just was beautiful. And then obviously if you, if you look through the pictures, you can see, um, again, huge mural of Billie Holiday. And obviously, you know, Billie Holiday and and Lester Young had a very uh, intense and, uh, sort of deep connection in many ways. Then there's also, I think, Count Basie and, and Duke Ellington on the other side. And I mean, it's just this big, heavy sort of mahogany bar area, um, a few tables off around the edges, uh, and then these gorgeous, gorgeous murals, and um, yeah, it was a very challenging place to, to photograph, It just so dark, and I think possibly that we maybe, they just lifted the lights even slightly, but I remember even then, it didn't, it didn't help too much, so I'm pretty pleased with how they turned out, and uh, it was good that we were able to capture them. There's also that gorgeous, gorgeous painting, which, you know, if I was a different person, I would have, popped in my bag as I was leaving of, of Coltrane that's sort of lit by the little lamp above it, and it's just beautiful so g-
1: gorgeous very bar s- very sleek gorgeous bar and and I think you, you, you did a great job because I'm looking at the pictures um, right now the one you mentioned of, of of Lester Young and Billie Holiday and then and then uh, Count Basie which is just which is just great yeah, yeah. i mean that's just I, I gotta go back and have a drink there as soon as we can get out of the house again it's been a couple of years i don't think i've been back since we took those pictures actually so it's a strange uh,
0: place too though like because you know i mean shibuya probably if you if you even if you haven't been to japan you've ever seen anything about tokyo you know shibuya always always makes the cut you know because of various reasons not least the, the famous uh, sort of scramble crossing by the station but it really is like an amazing uh, You know, contrast, you know, you're in Shibuya uh, in all the craziness that that entails, and then you step through this big, heavy door uh, down a little staircase and you're in this just oasis of of a place with um, beautiful sound, you know, beautiful interior. Um, and like you say, maybe a little expensive, but that's maybe to be expected where it is. But just a complete and utter contrast from from what sits around it on on the on the first floor, you know. So it, it's a great place. I remember that night I was getting a bit annoyed though, because if, if I'm not mistaken, there was a couple of sort of tourists I think maybe came in, and we definitely got our sort of uh, we got our knickers in a twist a little bit, didn't we? And they were they. I remember them being quite loud and a bit sort of like like. Please they don't were say they
1: were American, please. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't dream of it. It was more of a sports bar vibe, I think, was what I was what I what I probably describe it. So I well, remember. I mean, I think
1: I think that's that's the interesting thing is that because of the location, you know, w- we mentioned how a lot of the jazz joints, uh, the high majority of them really are in are neighborhoods that are, you know, either a little bit more run down, not necessarily popular or trendy, but this one being where it is, um, you're gonna yeah definitely there's gonna be people who go in there uh, who are not necessarily looking for a jazz, bar. Just in Shibuya, looking for a place to drink, you know, maybe a quiet place to drink. Yeah, I remember though, um, the last time uh, or the time I was there before you, the the only people in the bar were um, businessmen coming in a sort of like a post meeting you know wrap up i could i could hear from the quiet way they were talking you know that some big meeting had gone down and they were all celebrating with martinis it was a bit of a madman type of vibe going on it's got on, that kind know? of feel
0: hasn't i i sort of imagine yeah. i can't remember the exact date of, of its opening but i i sort of imagine just obscene amounts of of cash being bandied about there back in the bubble years by, yes, by various yes. people it it's got that feel doesn't it yeah
1: yes Well, another place um, with a very, very different type of challenge to what we talked about for Impro and Prez, though. Um, And unfortunately, this is not one that I was able to join you with. Um, It's in Kobe. Kobe is the port city in western Japan, right next to Osaka. Um, Kobe's got a great jazz tradition as well, as basically all Japanese cities do. Um, When I made it down to Kobe um, a couple years, I think it was maybe a year after you did, and I was... Planning to go to Java, uh, this joint we're about to talk about here, with very very old cafe, uh, but they were closed, so you know I didn't I didn't get to go in. But you had a very unique adventure in there. Can you tell us about the ladies that you met and uh, why none of them appear in the photos? Absolutely, yeah. I mean,
0: Kobe, like like you said, it's one of those I suppose more foreign cities, quote unquote. Um, you know, traditionally a uh, port city. Uh, a bit like Yokohama, so it was it was sort of more open and, and had quite a large foreign community. So there may be some connection there as well with, with the music. But I, I was actually on a work trip um, and had sneaked off uh, once I'd, of course, completed the duties that I was expected to do um, to, to check out the jazz bars. I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And um, this one, I was with a friend, actually. We were on this trip together. And um, right below the tracks, you know, so again for those of you who haven't been to Japan, there's a lot of bars, restaurants uh, and shops you'll find directly, you know, in units under train tracks and in lots of station areas. And this one had been there since 1956, which is really astonishing. I mean, it's like over 60 years old now, um, you know, which is just, I just find it's is just really incredible um, when you think about it, you know, and it was, it's very hard to describe. I mean, I remember going through the door Um, getting uh, sort of an interesting look um, from two old ladies who I can only assume were sisters. They must have been in their mid-80s, I would say. Um, You know, clearly had lived together for many years, you know, knew each other inside out, you know, almost like a comedy sort of double act kind of vibe about them. And they sort of ushered me over to this table. And if you're looking at the photographs, which you definitely should be for this one, uh, you can find them on WW w.tokyojazzjoints.com and it's Java and there's one uh, where you can see an old sound system um, with an Art Blakey Jazz Messenger's album cover and just off to the right you can see there's some seating so there was various tables down there and it had a very much of an old kind of old Japanese coffee shop vibe you know sort of ice cream floats and that kind of things on the menu Uh, And we were ushered ushered down there. And then when she came to take the order, she spotted this camera. Um, And I was just about to ask permission. And she sort of said, sorry, what are you doing? And so I, as normal, I explained in Japanese what the project was. And very, very suspicious. And probably the most kind of, I'd say the most suspicious reaction that I've probably had from, you know, 160 odd places. And... It was only when I got sort of rather begrudging permission to photograph the the, the place that I realised what it was because just in the foreground of that picture where you can see the sound system, there was this amazing counter kitchen area and all around the floor around that area was just stacks and stacks of old, almost like antique newspapers. And as soon as I asked to photograph the place, th- this... clean-up operation began of these newspapers and trying to kind of... And as we mentioned before in the podcast, you know, there's a thing in Japan with sort of cleanliness and and, and dirtiness and what looks right and what looks wrong and so on and so forth. So they obviously didn't want this kind of projected, this image of the place projected. So they started to clean up all these newspapers and it was kind of a shame because I really wanted to photograph that just as it was. Uh, And the reason that there's only that one photograph of the interior is because basically that's the only photograph I was allowed to take so she said, Well, here you go, you can take this. Um, she was standing off to my left. And what really amazed me was this woman in her mid eighties. She insisted on seeing the photograph that I'd taken. So there was no there wasn't going to be any case of me sneaking any pictures,
1: additional <laughs> which, which shots. You've done a few times before. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, I you know, surreptitiously now and again
0: <laughs> you can capture the odd image and, and sometimes yeah. you get this sort of happy accident where you get a, a beautiful shot. But Oh, no, this place. So she, she wanted to see the screen. I had to show her. She kind of signed off on it. And then, you know, I thought, out of respect for her, um, we sat down. Uh, Tom and I, we had a drink. Uh, I put my camera away, and uh, and we left. So... You know, who knows? I, I haven't been to Kobe since that time. It, it may or may not be there.
1: But, you know, again, Well, you know, breaking, these two- breaking news, breaking news here oh. on the TJJ podcast. Oh, exciting. Um, as, Go you were, on. as you were talking, of course, I was listening intently, but I was yes, also sure, having, yes. having a quick tell. look online uh, <laughs> to the Japanese sites. Uh, Java is still open. Um, they've got an announcement. Um, they don't have a website, but it's on one of the portal sort of, you know, foodie and cafe sites uh, in mm-hmm. Japanese. That says due to the coronavirus situation, opening hours um, will be flexible. Please call before coming by. So they are still open. There What's you go. interesting is that you know on on some of these sort of food sites in Japan, food and bar sites, you'll often have a photo uh, album. There'll be twenty or thirty pictures of, of the place that you're looking to go, a cafe or restaurant. Um, but with Java. Almost all the pictures are either the exterior or just the sort of like snacks and coffee that you get there. There's only two pictures of actually the inside of the store. So I don't think she was being um, strict just with you. Maybe maybe that's just their policies. They just don't want people taking uh, pictures of the interior and i think it it links back again
0: you know to, to that thing that we talked about before about mod- modernity particularly i think and you know w- maybe as as fans and so on we look at that sound system and think you know i would i would sell my children to have that in my house but actually for them <laughs> it's maybe a, a source of shame in the sense of like oh you know we'd love to update this it, it's so old it's so kind of baroy and we, we want to get rid of it uh, but we can't or you know we we're not able to or whatever uh, whereas we look at it very differently and and, and I suppose that probably extends um, to to the places in general, you know, and, and that sense of bemusement that a lot of the owners have that, you know, why would you want to photograph this? It's just an old, you know, it's an old scuzzy jazz bar, you know, what on earth is attractive about it? But again, to to preserve these places and the fact that they've they've lasted and survived this long is is the whole purpose of the project.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, we mentioned as well about some of the owners being, um, you know, a very advanced age. <laughs> that's that's also a big part of it is because, you know, they've seen uh, changes in Japan uh, that we can only really imagine. You know, a lot of these places were opened. Previously to what we call the bubble years, the big economic boom of the '80s, right? And you know, the jazz joints back in the '50s and '60s, you know, uh, definitely in you know rougher streets, not a not a trendy image at all. So they're so baffled by not just us being non-Japanese guys walking in, but as you said, like our appreciation of how of what we perceive to be the beauty of these spots. You know, I I think sometimes it doesn't really sink through. Maybe they think we're just trying to I I don't know, you know, take tourist pictures or whatever. Um, I, I would be really interested to go back to Java uh, to sit down and, and spend an afternoon with the ladies and sort of like get their perspective on that because um, as we mentioned, you know, that's not a reaction you've had anywhere else. Um, sometimes the owner doesn't want their portrait taken for whatever reasons, health reasons or just shyness, um, but to actually say no, just take one angle, this one angled picture of, of, of the entire room. Yeah. That's, I think that's the only time that's ever happened, but I noticed that you did happen to get a little bit of the of the of the space where people do sit on the right side of that frame where you mentioned where the stereo is with the Art Blakey record. Yeah,
0: I was pushing pushing the limits there as best I could just to see what I could get in, but I knew that I knew that it was going to be uh, quality control checked, so I had to I had to sort of walk a fine line. It's funny you should mention there about owners not wanting to be photographed. I mean, if you go onto the site um, under under the joints tab, you can actually see there's a a, a page dedicated to the owners uh, with, with portraits uh, of all the owners that I've photographed. And uh, an interesting sort of anomaly to that is is Fool House in Tokyo because I, I remember going there one afternoon. I think we'd been to a couple of places, so I remember, you know, being quite relaxed by that stage shall we say but um we yes, went in and-,
1: and and also this is quite i mean uh for people who haven't visited the tokyo metro area i mean it's absolutely massive so full house is a place way way east that's right uh, yeah, yeah of yeah. central so a good a good hour at least on the train yeah, east, yeah. still in tokyo city to a neighborhood that um how would we put this delicately um, Not your forte. Of, little, Not your forte. Of, no. Oh no no no! I was very comfortable there. A little bit of gangsterism going on there. <laughs> that kind of neighborhood. <laughs> how, in how delicate. Yeah. In um, quite, quite a famous uh, famous yakuza uh, neighborhood. There uh, we have. Ma- it. There oh, we go. There we go. go. Yeah. So um, um, yeah, we I went mean, into it's Full House, and and uh, what what was what was the what was the interesting thing about Full House that you saw as soon as we walked in? Well, I mean, I think. You know, it had
0: it. had that gorgeous sign, and it was one of those places that, again, just you know, looked like a museum. I mean, the the record collection. They had these mad flower arrangements. They had this gorgeous turntable. This huge bookcase. I remember full of all the the videos. You know, the jazz videos,
1: all catalogued oh, beautifully. I spent and a good fifteen minutes looking at that. I mean, just yeah. just epic, epic stuff on on VHS. That probably is the kind of thing that you know. Um if if somebody would take the time to upload some of that stuff to YouTube, you know, jazz fans around the world would start crying, you know. Yeah and, he, it's and he's got it all here in his shop, yeah. Yeah,
0: and um if you've ever come across a book called How to Live Japanese, there's a, there's actually a photograph of the front uh of full house from the project. It's it's you'll see James in his usual incognito role where he's just getting in the frame without realizing it um but you, you can see that photo in that book but as we were leaving i think it's probably notable because in terms of photographing the owners it's a bit of an anomaly that um the owner showed us out to the door not, out of courtesy not because we'd been uh, misbehaving or anything like that but i did just pluck up the courage as i was leaving to ask him if he wouldn't mind uh being photographed, and actually, he and it always sticks in my head. He said, No, no, I, I don't want to be photographed because when that happens, you lose a little bit of your soul. And I just, you know, just you, gorgeous. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say, right? You just sort of say, Yep, okay, no response to that fine not a problem thanks a lot and you you kind of move on and and you know as a photographer like there's always those regrets you know you think I wish I'd photographed this or I wish I'd got that or whatever and I suppose that's one of those things but you know again if you want to do this project right and you want to do it through negotiating the access to the places you know you have to kind of respect it and if people don't want to be photographed and, and so on then you know fair enough. So Well, we'll never...
1: we did mention that there are the occasional pictures uh, where customers do get into the frame. And one of my absolute all-time favorites, uh, one of my favorite bars anyway, but but definitely one of my favorite photos of the project, um, is in Paper Moon in, oh, yes. in Bukuro. Yeah. Um, Paper Moon is, I, I, I would say it's, it's definitely in my top 10 uh, favorite jazz spots in the whole country. Um, if you're looking at the pictures, you'll see right away it's just an unbelievable sign. I, I don't know the significance of the bull, of what what that has to do uh with the name of the joint, but it, but it's a very striking uh, painting. Um, it says "Booze and Bar and Jazz Paper Moon." Paper Moon is written in Japanese at the bottom, and then on the right you see uh, the owner Yamamoto-san is a real, real sweetheart, sweet, sweet guy standing in the door there with his you know vast collection of vinyl. Um, but definitely one of my favorite pictures ever is uh, you capturing the customer uh, at the bar uh, with his head down on the counter. A couple bottles in front of him, uh, an Ornette Coleman album uh, on the stereo. This was right after Ornette Coleman passed away, I believe. It was actually and the night
0: after, and I remember that being so significant because I, I managed to snap this guy just as he drifted off. I mean, if you've ever visited Japan, you know, you're, this is a very familiar sight, you know, people asleep. Um, seemingly you know sitting up or standing up whether it's on a train or in a jazz bar Uh, and somehow I got round the back that's probably a good example of of me sort of crouching down in a corner because I I really wanted to get that Ornette Coleman trio album in because I remember him putting it on I think he talked about it and I I remember specifically it being the the night after that Ornette Coleman passed away and that by that stage the guy had sort of gone from his sitting sleeping into full on head on the counter and uh yeah, just really happy, really happy to get that shot. You know, um, you know we generally don't photograph customers, but I think now and again, you know, as a photographer, there there maybe are exceptions. And I when I saw that one with the bottles and and the guy at the other side of the bar, I just thought it, can, it can't be missed. And that well, that photograph was, was, was
1: interesting because when I I don't know if you remember this when we were discussing um, about doing. Uh, The exhibition that we had of the photos here in Tokyo, in Shimokitazawa, at Jazzy Books... Jazzy sports, sorry. Um, I I do remember we discussed that You know, maybe we should we can use the one with his head on the bar because you can't see his face. But the one where he's just got his eyes closed. Um, maybe yeah. maybe we should hold off on that. And not 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 that this guy's ever going to come see an exhibition by the two of us, yeah. right? But but just out of a, uh, a, a just out of a sense of manner, I think that that people would not be like, oh, you know, you're going around taking pictures of unwilling people. You know, that's that's a very sensitive thing in Japan. Um, and so I think, um, I think it was better that we did use that. And also, as you just said, it, it captures perfectly the ambiance of, of these bars because if you look really carefully behind him, he's got his head on the bar, right? You've got the Ornette Coleman in the front of the frame. Behind him, you'll see a slightly younger couple. I remember they were sitting there. I think they were co-workers or whatever coming by for a drink. Um, and they were just, you know, n- not fussed at all. They went on with their conversation, laughing, mm-hmm. smiling, having a drink, not even sure how much they were listening to the Ornette album. And just right next to them is this kind of older, regular customer there, uh, pretty well passed out with his head. I mean, he he had his head down there for a good half an hour after that, I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's just such a unique space. I mean, I I remember the, it...
0: it just looks like someone has moved a record collection into sort of an abandoned building because you know we we sat at the bar and if you have a look at the photograph with the uh, advertising drinks you know if you can't read japanese it, there's red and white wine there uh, and then sparkling wine for three thousand yen a bottle <laughs> and i remember i was laughing at the time thinking like what would that be <laughs> if, if we ordered that you know or how long has it been there and it's funny because it, it's it's a real favourite I think you know I know the guys from Rhinoceros are big fans of, of Paper Moon um, I know J- uh, Jerome Schmidt who's a big fan of the project as well uh, oh, yeah, you know yeah. a huge well, record everybody, collector spends a lot of time uh, in Japan he loves it you know he seems to go there yeah. it's almost like his local when oh, he stays yeah, there yeah. So. And we,
1: well, the really you know the really cool thing there is because Yamamoto-san the owner is is, is not only is he friendly um, but he really loves talking music so if, you're, yeah, if you yeah. want to geek out about and you can see the records and CDD and CDs uh, in one of the pictures. That's just a portion of his collection. He's got a lot more at home, you know. Um, but it's funny, yeah. The, the sign, the sign with the wine and, and the sparkling wine. Um, the, I remember before I had taken you there once. The first time I went, I ordered a beer. Um, and, uh, it came, it was one of those, you know, green, big green bottles of Heartland, which is a local, a local brew here made by Karen. So normally the kind of beer you don't want to drink holding the bottle, 500 Milliliters quite heavy, and so he was like, "Oh, I'll get you a glass." And he put a glass on the counter. That I, I mean, this looked like it could have been used by about forty different people before trash, <laughs> You know, and Philip, as you know, having spent many nights with me in bars, I can be a little bit finicky about that kind of thing. So, I'd say I'd say germaphobe is an understatement. I I politely declined the use of the glass and drank straight from the bottle, uh, which is probably yeah. what I would do on any subsequent visit. But 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 beyond that, I mean, um just a just an unbelievable spot and and it's just um it's it's so it's so great you were able to capture that 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 shot with the Ornett coleman record there i mean to me that is everything uh, when i think of a japanese jazz bars in this picture the booze the great original record um the regular customer by himself maybe had a bad day drank his beer and showed you a little too quick puts his head on the bar um and then a couple people just having a good time in the background you know i mean it's just a wonderful picture
0: yeah, I mean to go back to the the photographing angle as well. I think, you know, one of the challenges photographing is definitely timing and I I learned very quickly in the project to take my chances because You know, I've mentioned before, maybe at the start, I was a bit more reticent. Maybe you didn't want to get in the way. You didn't want anyone to shout at you. I know this all goes back to a traumatic experience I had a long time ago in Jerusalem, where I remember someone threw an orange at me as I was photographing them. And I think probably if I was to get on the therapist's couch, it probably all goes back to that. But I have this sort of (laughs) immortal fear of, you know, someone sort of screaming at me as I'm taking a photograph. So, uh, you know, but I learned really quickly you have to take your chances because. Things move very quickly and sometimes there's this gorgeous shot uh, and then suddenly two people come in and, you know, maybe we're going to two or three places so we, we can't stay for two, three hours and wait for them to move. I'm certainly not going to ask them to move. So you've kind of got to snap it. And, and I missed a couple of shots earlier on in the project and I think from that I, I realised, you know, You've got to move quickly um, mm-hmm. because the, the one of him sleeping, for example, you know, is, is a good example of that. And if if you want to have a look, even at Kent, I don't know if you remember Kent. I, I don't remember off the top I, of my I head exactly where by, it is.
1: Uh, Kent is down by Yokosuka, down Yokosuka, down the yeah, coast, south of Tokyo, near the uh, near the big uh, naval base, big US. I mean, I always base, remember yes.
0: Kent as being another classic example of that because you know, again, beautiful place inside, like you know, like stepping back in time. Um, but again, there was a lot of coming and going, and people in and out. And you know, all it takes is one person to to sit in a place, and you know, you maybe have this yeah. as best you can. You have this feast. I think it's actually the shot of um, the table with the ashtray, and I'm fairly mm-hmm. sure there was someone sat there, and they went to the toilet, and in yes, that, that sort is, of <laughs> I in that one that. minute, yeah. I managed to get that I rem- shot. And so I remember you know, that.
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing is because you know, people people should realize when we go into these, but we're often trying to hit a couple joints in a row sometimes longer on a long day you know and um i think that the, the the sort of unspoken system is we sit down together we order our drink we get the permission and then you discreetly go off while i drink with the owner which is you know it's a tough job but i do it because i want to really do a good project philip hope you appreciate that you know I put well i mean just myself, if i
0: could just you know? put on record here james for for listeners that there is one exception to that and we'll, we'll talk about Sapporo joints uh, in a dep- in a different episode, <laughs> but I do distinctly remember being in Jericho, uh, which if you if you know the project, you'll know it from the, a, a picture of the owner actually sort of surrounded by records and jazz magazines, and he's asleep. And I remember I think that was three or four places in that night, and I I was you had been chatting to him, and then I started to photograph, and then he started talking to me, and I was thinking in my head. This is not how it works because he should be engaged with you. And of course, I looked over to the side of the bar, and you, unlike much like the customer in Paper Moon, were doing the sleeping <laughs> sitting up thing. And I remember thinking, now I've got to try and photograph this place and keep him talking. And in, in, meanwhile, in,
1: in, <laughs> meanwhile, in my defense, in my defense, that wasn't the fourth or fifth place. That was about the eighth or ninth place because we started the morning in Hakodate, uh, in the part of Hokkaido. I'll give you so that. that, was a, that that's a, that's going to be a fun episode too our Hokkaido trip. One day, two cities and a lot of jazz spots. But yes, I do I do remember Jericho uh I do remember slightly being under the weather by that point. Uh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean just thinking about Sapporo just briefly, I think
0: um Bossa is a, is probably a really good place to um to talk about actually. Uh, it's on the it's on the website already, but um you know, it's not in Bossa. It was it was kind of the it was from the sublime to the ridiculous, I suppose, because it wasn't a case of one customer. I remember we went there um, later in the evening, and I suppose a lot of the times we're, we're used to going into these places and just um, finding maybe one or two customers, if not just the owner on his own or or her own. And then, of course, we went into Bossa at night, and you wouldn't know it from these pictures, but it was absolutely rammed. I mean, it was like a full on regular bar restaurant on, on a friday night kind of vibe which was incredible
1: it. because it's yeah again we've never experienced that but but in uh, looking back now uh, uh, this the, where the the bar is is on a very very main central street in sapporo uh it's not tucked away at all Um, and I think it's very well known it's an old place Um, but it's not particularly you know it's not dingy it's well lit uh, the sound is great and you can see the really big windows in there so in the daytime it's nice for coffee but I remember we were shocked when we walked in because there was we didn't even think we can get a seat I I think they they had to sneak us way to the back counter and we were like kind of like cramped in next to a bunch of other people that's right yeah Um, and then you turn around and then you look and you've got a couple different angles of all of the vinyl along the walls and back and it's just like oh my god this is a real jazz joint you know where did all these people come from i was it's strange though i was both happy and sad about that i was happy that that they had a lot of customers but also a little bit like yeah but is everybody here appreciating you know and and how are we going to get a good picture i I think you you gave up the idea right away i think you just said we got to come back in the morning yeah which we did i remember in a a mad rush and and
0: again we'll we'll talk about that whole trip up north in in a separate episode but I, i also remember it perhaps for the the and, and not that everyone should necessarily be interested, but you know, generally we get sort of bemusement or genuine interest or fascination in the project from the owners. But again, busy Friday night, uh, busy bar, and I remember you going over and just chatting to the owner and handing um, handing him, hand him over a a business card from the project and literally not even the slightest interest. Right. I mean, he just, it was like sort of a shrug and like, "All oh, right, Okay. Good for you. And, you know, we, we just decided in the end to to not photograph it at all and just, I think had a drink and, and left and came back the next morning. And of course it was empty. And again, even, even come back in the morning, it was a kind of a, I mean, it was like, yeah, sure, whatever, fine. But, um, not that that makes any difference, you know. We got we got to see the place, we got to photograph it uh, as it is. But um, it just was interesting because the reaction, I suppose, was different to the one that we normally expect. So
1: yeah, I think I think that, that was a function of it being it's um, it's the it's probably the most well known jazz bar in Sapporo. Um, it's been photographed a lot with all the magazines, with all the people who are you know uh, doing jazz blogs in Japanese. So I I got the feeling that what what we had said to him was probably not that exciting, whereas all the other places, we may have been really the first people to ever ask, can we take a whole bunch of pictures? We're certainly the first foreign people ever to ask that. I mean, a lot of the places we've been to, we've been the first foreign customers they've ever had. They've told us that, you know? Yeah. Um, But but here, yeah, he definitely had the kind of air about him of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Take a couple pictures and get out of here, you know, like not interested in even seeing them. So I was like, okay, that's fair enough, you know? It's still a beautiful joint. Yeah, gorgeous place. Uh, and we'll cover our whole mad trip to
0: Sapporo um, back in two thousand eighteen in, in a separate episode for sure. Um, we were going to maybe just chat. Well, maybe one more place. Um, I know you've met. You've, I noticed you've got root down in the notes. Root down is is probably one of my regrets in the project, f- photographically speaking. That the photographs are not great. Uh, they don't really do the place justice. And I suppose if I was able to choose a few places to go back and reshoot, uh, definitely Root Down would be one of them. It was pretty dark. It was pretty early on the days of the project. Um, and I just never quite uh, felt sort of happy with those shots. Um, that's That won't stop anyone who's listening, of course, going and having a look at them because uh, Root Down itself, fantastic place. Beautiful bar, very very nice owner.
1: Well, Got to go- speak, speak in the past tense there, Philip. Root down closed. Of course uh, it did. That's right. Yeah, 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 it closed. Well, no, this version closed. I should I should say this version closed because the building was going to be torn down. Although he he and his family owned the building, so it wasn't a case of them being that's torn right. Down. That's right. Um, but they they have moved. Uh, they moved just down the street. Um, to another first, this was a first floor, you know, street level bar, um, and th- from the photos I've seen, just a couple of real s- tiny ones uh, online, um, it doesn't look that different. It looks like he's kept it quite similar in terms of okay. decor. So I will get back there as soon as possible uh, and go and have a chat. Really nice guy, your scout son. I mean, he was he actually turned the lights up too. Remember, because yeah. the, there was no way you would have gotten the photos without him putting the lights on. I mean. It- it's interesting. I mean, like I've I've said, not delighted
0: with the photographs, but you know, when you do look at them, there's one particularly that I managed quite early on as well to get a photograph of him, and it's hard to tell whether he's posing for the photograph or he's just about to sort of charge at me <laughs> and kill me. I mean, he looks for all, for for being such a nice guy, he looks terrifying. He's sort of got one arm up against the wall and sort of scowling at the camera, uh, and it, it's a it, it's a great shot of him. I mean. The other thing that probably is notable for people that haven't been to these places, and again, this is quite rare for even jazz bars, but it actually has a little family uh, butsudan sort of shrine up between the two speakers. Yes, which again you can see
1: that's right. The, the if you look um, above, yeah, between the speakers, you see that arrow and the sort that's called a katsuna. It's a rope. You see that in Shinto shrines in Japan, and that's right. Of, yeah white paper that looks like lightning bolts. Those are, this is what you find in, in, in Shinto shrines uh, here in Japan. So he's he's created that as a sort of a shrine to music. I did ask him about that. I said, oh, you know, I've not seen sort of this religious, like, symbols and stuff. And he said, oh, well, you know, it's 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 for good luck, you know, to bring in customers and to keep the place free of evil spirits and whatnot. And he was very matter-of-fact about keeping the evil spirits out, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Like like our man in Full House talking about his soul being taken by the by the camera you know it's it's interesting uh, in japan supposedly a very you know a religious place but you do hear a lot of these types of comments just come out randomly you know so he's uh he was very concerned about keeping the place spiritually clean but also um not visually but so much like the the sound comes from where you have this sort of temple like it's a temple of sound you know yeah
0: yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's japan has a very practical and pragmatic approach to religion anyway um and always an interesting mixture you know i mean we talked about it with samurai as well but um yeah very unique kind of thing and and not perhaps something that you expect to find in a lot of these places but um just to wrap things up then uh, we were going to maybe just chat very briefly about toman kego as well which is not the easiest one to pronounce um
1: remind me where that one was then This is uh, in an area called Kichijoji, a very popular area in western Tokyo, um, and the cafe is right along the big Inokashira Park. It's not one that we had had on our list initially. Someone had told me about it. I'd never been there. And they said, I I was having coffee, a friend was having coffee in there and the guy was playing jazz records, so you should go. Um, So when we went in, we weren't sure what kind of vibe to expect. And as you can see from the pictures, it's, it's it's a beautifully redone old Japanese apartment. Um, with a lot of jazz records and big speakers um, definitely more on the cafe side rather than the jazz cafe side but but yeah. a, really, a really beautiful little spot uh, but the man in there um, at first was extremely uh, not into us taking pictures he said I'm sorry I've got a strict rule I don't want people taking pictures in here he was nice about it but once we explained the project and uh, also you know that we knew similar people sort of in the jazz cafe world then he he opened up uh, quite warmly and it was like oh okay look just wait until that customer leaves and then you can take whatever pictures you want. So we had to wait around a little bit. Um, but I, I think you, you you captured pretty well the kind of homey vibe of this place. And, and this is the kind of a, a little bit of a mixture of like the old style jazz Kisa 10, but also the newer wave that's a little more customer friendly. You can see it's quite clean. Um, you know, it's non-smoking. It's it's very much sort of trying to get younger Customers, lady customers to come in as well. Um, just, a, just a beautiful little joint that, that was one that we were pretty lucky to discover very randomly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it when you look at it or you go to it, I mean, it's sort of part jazz bar, part antique shop, isn't it, really? I mean, it's got that look of this, you know, kind of mid-century modern, you know, furniture shop that, you know, and, and a gorgeous space to sit in. I mean, you know, you, you, you can kind of sit in somewhere like that and you're, overlooking, you know, Keshire Park and, you know, you can just imagine, you know, your life being 20 different things than it is at the moment. And, you know, it, it's just a beautiful, uh, relaxing space to be. I remember, I feel like a lot of the stories that we talk about, I mention how hot and sweaty and may, people may just be thinking I'm a very sweaty person, but... Mm-hmm. Well, that'd, I rem-
1: that'd probably be true. <laughs> whoa, 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 but, uh, whoa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember, I do remember it being a sort of a, a more summery day when we went over there and, you know, I think the windows were all open and we kind of sat patiently and and waited for the customers, I think it was just behind that screen, to leave. Um, and again, you know, it was just one of those things where it was a fairly popular place. It wasn't um, neglected or ignored by any means. And so, you know, we had to move fairly quickly and, and just capture as many of the photo... Graphs as as I possibly could in the time that we had, but a gorgeous, gorgeous joint, and you know, again, if you've been to Tokyo and you, you've seen the sort of architectural aesthetic, you'll appreciate that sort of awful um, metal door um, that looks that, that exists on so many sort of tiny apartment buildings uh that that opens up into it and what a difference from the outside to the inside you know that awful sort of white fake uh mm-hmm. stone stone exterior and then you go mm-hmm. in and it's this beautiful warm wooden interior and i mean again really really nice place and not somewhere that's maybe one of the the headline joints in the project not somewhere that's one of the places that gets pushed to the forefront particularly but again it just shows the richness and the variety of of the places that exist um for this reason you know it's it's fantastic
1: well i think that's probably where we should leave off for today yeah. we've come coming close to the hour mark um thank you for all of the great uh insight into the photo process i know that we'll probably get a lot of questions from professional photographers out there i do um not jokingly actually um i have a, a professional photographer friend uh, who wants to uh discuss that with you because you, mean apart, you mean apart from me obviously <laughs> or am I your am I your special photographer friend? Yeah, no, you you you're you're more on the friend side. I'm not really sure. I trust the photo side. Uh, so look, uh, looking right. back at the pictures, okay. there are a few right. more problems. But maybe yeah, we'll, we'll discuss really like that this back. offline. Yeah, that, that's yeah. offline. Yeah, um, but as always, thank you for listening. And uh, Philip, where where are we going to be heading next week? You want to give any spoilers or? Uh, well, you know, I know we so much to choose from.
0: I know where people should be heading straight after this is back into the project, www.tokyojazzjoints.com. I did a bit of maths last night, and uh, there's 133 joints on the site. So if you say there's roughly five to six photographs for each joint, that's that's over a 1,000. So um, get on there, have a look, um, you know, scour through the different joints. There's some hidden gems in there that we haven't discussed, and who knows, we may not even necessarily get to in the course of the podcast. In terms of next week, well... Um, We are going to be heading, I think, over to Surfer's Paradise, aren't we? We're heading over to Chiba um, where we took the car out uh, and we went to – I've got four on the list there, but uh, very different – and very unique places in their own way, uh, and some great stories that that came from them as well. So uh, make sure you tune in to next week's episode as well uh, to hear about our trip to Chiba. In the meantime, um, please check us out on the website. We're on all the usual social media platforms. If you're listening to the podcast, please like us, please review us. We were delighted to find out that we're still number one in the music section of uh Podcast in apple japan which is a fantastic achievement so uh keep the likes coming keep the comments coming if there's anything you want to hear us talk about a particular joint you want to hear about please let us know through email or social media and until next week james uh keep washing your hands stay safe and all the best
1: and keep swinging talk to you soon philip bye-bye bye